Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. Welcome to a special ongoing investigating Angel. That's right, we are now in Angel. We are in episode two of season one, so it's official. We're officially watching Angel. This was not a one-time stint. This is not the unaired pilot that apparently you looked up, Holland, right? And I mean, yeah, well, I just went on to IMDb because I was double-checking the name of the episode, and the first thing that comes up is unaired pilot, and it says it aired in January of 2003, so, I don't know. I need to find it. So, we'll do some digging. We're going to continue to investigate Angel. I feel like mm-hmm. everything has an unaired pilot if you look hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for... Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said except. You're probably right. I just didn't look hard enough. I was going to yeah. say Jericho. Do you guys remember that show Jericho? I never I watched do. it. Wait, was Skeet Ulrich in that? Skeet Ulrich is all up in that. Okay. Whatever oh, happened yeah. to him? He was the killer. Scream money. At the and end scream. of Scream. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I said whatever happened to him. That oh, was he was put in jail. That was after. Yeah, jail. No, but Scream was before Jericho. Uh, right, but then they he discover that, that he too. actually, oh. yeah, he did. He made that. <laughs> That's why it's all that. interiors. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we were discussing Angel. Uh, this is, again, if you are used to the Buffy sessions, this is a little different. We're not, we don't have a specific structure to it. It's also a little after Darky. so the last week you might have heard some stuff that we would normally put in the Sunnydale mm-hmm. sessions, but that's because we're not in sunny Sunnydale. We're all the way in the central library of Los Angeles, downtown, on I don't remember the streets. It cuts off one of them. I think it cuts off Hope. Hope leads to the library. Yeah. Hope leads to the library. Mm-hmm. I can say that that Hope leads you in the general direction of the library, mm-hmm. as does Spring and Broadway. Yeah, I think. But we are talking about Lonely Hearts today. We'll be discussing dating, LA, and the episode that touches on both of those topics. So cue the music. Again, the music was composed by Jimmy Scavone. Shout out to Jimmy Scavone. Thank you for making music for us. Jimmy. Uh, great. So, we're, we're guys, Angel's going. It's Angel's, officially begun. Because the pilot is, like, City of is sort of a mini-adventure, but it's not the most angely Angel episode, mm-hmm. right? Like, this right. is an actual, because Angel, to me, feels, it's like a return to that Twilight Zone-esque stuff of Buffy season one. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of it, where it's like, here's the demon, it's an interesting concept, we're going to explore it. We don't have a lot of myth to play upon right now. Dynamics are pretty straightforward. we got Cordy. Cordy's doing Cordy's thing. Angel's mm-hmm. out kicking butts, uh, in a way, seducing people. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is the first, because, you know, it's not a pilot anymore. So this is the first time that we're going to be seeing what the structure is. Yeah. Which is the Doyle gets a vision. Cordy is keeping the business together, and then Angel awkwardly tries to wedge himself into following Doyle's visions. When did he get... Was Buffy a bad influence on his social skills? That's the thing. It's so weird, because when he first shows up in Buffy, he's, like, so smooth. Mm-hmm. Didn't and, say like, yours. now Angel's super awkward. Like, in the, in the first episode, he's like, that dog is... A do- yep, that doggy. Yeah, he's just like, like Angel. You know, it's better. like the dream. It's like this hot guy that's like awkward. Except I do know people like that, and they're not as much of the dream as you would like think mm. they would be. You're like, yes, this is what I want—an awkward hot guy because I'm awkward. And you're like, no, awkward. I want people a confident are just, hot guy. Just like, but then you don't want that either because they're assholes. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing. No one's perfect. <laughs> there's you the want an angel. Is, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you want an angel, and you end up with a David Boreanaz. And then you know what? The world is mostly full of Doyles. Talk about casting. Casting's Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. In this case, it worked out because who was going to play Angel? The guy they had played on the other show. That was Mm -hmm. a stroke of genius Mm -hmm. because they could have gone in a different direction. Mm -hmm. They could have gone like Hercules, Young Hercules, right? Oh, I loved the Young Hercules show. It's great, but not the same guy because they couldn't literally get a guy to gauge backwards. Mm -hmm. Weird. (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the angel. Well, I think that in that first scene where Angel encounters Buffy, mm-hmm. is the only time that he's ever really that confident. Um, and then when she officially is into him, he th- their personal interactions are comfortable. Yeah. But a lot of the time throughout all of Buffy, when he's Angel, when he's not Angelus, he's isolated. He's alone. He's awkward. He's all business. And according to our own internal mythology, which now includes uh, sounds beneath the floorboard and rapping in a window, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
We said that he walked away and like was not cool about it, right? Was that the yes. one we discussed yes. in the podcast? Where, like he oh, said, yeah. like I didn't say yours. Stupid, stupid, stupid <laughs> angel. What'd you say that? Angel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna sleep with the rats tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as well because it's like. You know, you see the flashback at the end of season two and he's like homeless and living in a yeah. car and like creeping on this young girl at a high school in Los Angeles. Who loves lollipops. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. I forgot that's like his original Buffy, like meet cute, except she wasn't involved. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's because I've never outside of being that age, I've never known like I don't have like nieces or anyone that are like middle school girls. Something about middle school Buffy and that flashback like freaks me out a little bit. Is she in middle school or high school? Is she it's high school? High school. She's a freshman. She's a freshman. And then, oh, she's just a fresh. She's and, so different. And I think they just try and make her look like really young. They're just like, we'll give her a lollipop. That'll make her young. <laughs> it does. The yeah, weird it thing works. is, like, when you see people in high school, because like now my sister is in high school. Mm. Like, because every time I see like my sister hit a phase that I was in, I was like, but she's so young. And then I think of things that I did at that age, and then I try and think of my sister doing them, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like no, she's a baby. Get so your it's hands weird because whenever you see. <laughs> Younger people, they just look like infants, and you're like, yeah. oh, I guess I was that way too, but it, you just can't make yeah. connection you, in your de- you felt old they at the time. They seem so young. Everyone seems so young. Yeah, it's weird. And they are, because in high school, I like. I remember being like a senior in high school. I remember actually being a freshman in high school, looking at the seniors. I was like, wow, they're old. Yeah. And then when I was a senior, I didn't feel that yeah. old. No, yeah. not at all. I was like, I'm pretty young. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's certain things that freak me out. When I was back home, I was out drinking, I think, because there was other Warriors or a Sharks game. So clearly I had a lot to drink. Okay. And so my youngest brother was picking me up. I've got two younger brothers. And as he's driving, I'm sitting there, and I look over, and I'm going on the street. And I'm used to driving everywhere, so it freaks yeah. me out when I'm in someone's car. And I'm just looking at, like, coming up the street to my house. And I look, and it's my youngest brother driving, and I have this panic for a second I'm just like he can't drive he's a baby <laughs> he's a yeah. little baby like he can't he can't do this he's like seven years old and then I have to be like no he is not he is very old he's much older than seven uh, oh god and so whereas yeah mm-hmm. and speaking of drinking oh there is some this is this a big drinking episode lots of drinking yeah. that's how people meet was that the library next to IO that bar. Wait, are you serious? Low bleak. I don't know if it actually was. I don't think it. It definitely wasn't on the interior. I was really exterior. focused. We're recording um, episodes one and episode two in our investigation files back to back. I paid way more attention to episode one because I, I had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, I didn't pay close enough attention. I will go back and look because I. the one thing I want to do with our investigating angel is talk about the locations we recognize. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. good at recognizing locations. You're not? So I thought I was. When I saw La La Land, I was like, I feel like I know a lot of these places. But then I, maybe I was wrong. Did you point at the screen and you were like, Santa Monica? And they're like, that's the inside of the observatory. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I know what that place is. And then it's like, because sometimes, it, sometimes it's easy. Or like sometimes you like really think somewhere is a certain place. And then mm. it's not. And you're just like, fuck. Whoa, that's a crazy notion. That's like a Neil Gaiman nightmare. <laughs> no, but it's just because then you like try and be smart. And you're like, oh, man, that's that place. And someone's like, that was this. And you're like, oh, yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> my brother's, my middle brother schooled me because I was just like, hey, Moana, do they just reorder the letters of Manoa? And he was like, no, Moana's a real thing. I got onto an airplane. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. not smart. <laughs> Doblique. What does that mean? Like you can't, that's an ob- it's of. Ob- you oblique, can't see through. Yeah, oblique, so you can't yeah. see through. So it's a Oh, kind of like how you oblique. can't see through people. Oh, nope. Nope. Should have thought that one through before I put that on the table. That no, but I think it does yeah. some variation Mystery. of transparency. <laughs> okay. Mystery. Is what that is. Yeah, what I find interesting about this episode, besides the introduction of Kate. Yep. Who I liked a lot. I yeah. like Kate. Kate is cool. Kate is a ver- Kate is the first character that is like Totally not a Buffy character. Would you say that Kate is like, uh, like a character? Like, okay, I want more ca- more cop shows with characters like Kate, mm-hmm. and I feel like the new Jennifer Lopez show that the name of it's escaping my mind right now. But that's a show where I was just like, great, this is this feels like the child of Kate. It's like a mm-hmm. spinoff. The child of Kate. Child Sorry, of Jennifer Kate. Lopez. <laughs> yeah. She plays the child of Kate. Oh, good. Yeah. And Elizabeth Rom, who went on to be like huge on uh, Law and Order. Yep. She's like one of the most famous Law and Order actors, Law and right? A really popular show. I don't know if you guys know this or not. <laughs> I know. I mean, I can't believe it. It's just Dick Law Wolf. and Order. UCSB. Is he? Yeah. Damn, you gauchos are everywhere. We try. 
but we mostly hang out in Santa Barbara, uh, Los Angeles, or just pictures in foreign countries on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, um, the bar element of it is a very relatable Los Angeles thing. Oh, going to bars or meeting people? The idea of when you go and you try to socialize on any level with people you don't already know in L.A., even sometimes when it's people you do know, to me, oftentimes, perhaps even more often than not, being in a Los Angeles bar, especially when you first get here, Uh it's not conducive to comfortable social happiness. Sure. It's like the loudness... The disconnection, the kind of closed offedness, and I don't think that that's a hundred percent everywhere in LA. But what I found, especially when I first got to LA, was it's like, okay, well, you want to make friends? Why don't you go out in public and to a bar or something like that? And even if you're with people you know, it's kind of like I would find myself with people I did know, barely even talking to each other, and at any time, like a conversation would sort of start to happen with a stranger, it really wouldn't go anywhere and it was and and it kind of made me just want to never talk to someone I didn't know at a bar unless like the conversation naturally led somewhere good like once we got get into these like nerdy like improv communities but LA uh I think that that's a lot of people's experience especially of those who are seeking dating in a bar I can't comment on the dating stuff but yeah bumping into people I've had some weird interactions in bars that I'm just like, oh, this is not great. Mm-hmm. Except for Idle Hour, every time we throw a party, then I'm like, I can talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And there's that weird guy that went up to me at Idle Hour last time we were there. Oh, at the, oh, uh, yeah. See, yeah. I'm not, I don't have any experience oh, no, in like. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Did you miss, oh, you walked away. He was away. in front of us. The best way, he, he like went. Baggage thing in. No, there's this guy who just like, I, I don't like, I don't, I can't. It's basically like, impo- I feel like it's really hard to meet people at bars because it's like. No matter what the situation, if someone comes up, I, I don't know, speaking from experience, like I feel like if you're a woman, if someone comes up to you at a bar, it's going to be weird and creepy um, because right. that just seems to be how it is now. But it was literally like this guy, I noticed he was staring at me, but then I go to leave and he comes up to me and he's like drunk and he's like, what's your name? And he like goes out to like shake my hand and like ask what my name is. But then he like doesn't like go right away. So it's like, I went to go shake his hand, but then he's kind of like holding on to my hand. So I'm like, okay, well this is a weird situation. It's like a Scientology. And then he's like, I have to take you to dinner, blah, blah, blah. You're just so beautiful. And then I'm just kind of like, and then his friend behind him, who's also, they're both clearly drunk. Cause who would do this? He was like, stop being so shy. Why are you so shy? Like that. So it's like, those, so it's not like a guy. Yes. So it's like, it's different if like a guy comes up to you because like, I've had guys come up to me and be like, hey, I think you're cute. Can I have your number? Can we get drinks? And I've been like, yes. And I've given them my number. We've gotten drinks. And it usually doesn't go well. But, like, I'll do it. But if, like, someone comes up to me and is, like, not letting go of my hand or, like, has a friend that's, like, like, there's a a good way and there's a bad way. And most ways usually fall into the bad Bad way. Or maybe I've just had a lot of bad experiences. But it's, like... I mean, it's it's kind of like that scene with Cordelia at the yeah. bar, yeah. and and cause then a, because then another guy comes up and backs him up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that is. Let me ask you guys awful. really quickly because I feel like I'm going to be taking a backseat to most of this conversation because <laughs> I have not. Because you're in a long term serious relationship. Well, it's just like I've never gone to like the barry situation sort of stuff. Yeah. So I've never, especially in Los Angeles, for that. Kind of thing. Although one time I was hit on in a bar. Nice. Um, yeah, that sounds like that with tapping came from above us, but like <laughs> in a fish tank. I think that the uh, in this library downtown that the fish tank room is directly above us. Great. Perfect. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I don't want to put too many things <laughs> in her back pocket. Above us is a fish tank room. Yes. Uh, Remember that. And maybe the fish are escaping. Back pocketed. We can come back to that if we want. Mm. Um, <laughs> but... There was one time I went to, I was at Bar Lubitsch. Right down the street. Right down the street. And I had gone to a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles event with the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was pretty awesome, hanging out and uh, drinking at Meltdown. And then I was there, and this woman said something to me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was in a tone of just like, hey, what's going on? What are you up to? And I was like, I just went to a comic book shop, and I got to hang out with the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that conversation ended. (laughs) 
and she nodded and realized this is not what I'm getting into tonight. <laughs> so that's it. That's probably the extent of my. And then one time, I think a guy thought I was hitting on him and said something insanely homophobic, which I won't repeat on the podcast. Oof. And I was just like, but that's the other problem with uh, the problem with meeting people in LA is everyone is networking and everyone is trying to like get something or get somewhere. So it's also turned into this situation where you can't tell, like, is this person hitting on me or does this person, like, literally just want to make a fucking connection because everyone in L.A. is trying to make a connection. And also, my whole thing was when I first came out here, I loved being able to go to parties and meet people and I was like, everyone wants to be my friend. Yeah. I have all these new friends. This is so great. And then I realized that no one actually wants to be your – some people want to be your friend, but, like, a lot of people just, like – want to know you in case you can better them in some way. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. very much a using people thing and it's all networking. And then I got real disheartened. And then now I feel like I'm at this point where I'm like, I don't want to meet. So then it's like, I don't want to meet people, but then that's bad. Cause it's like, it's not like I just don't want to like make new friends or get to know new people, but it's this weird. Cause you kind of get guarded at a certain point because yeah. then you realize it's like, Oh, I was talking to this cute guy. Like maybe this is a thing. And I was like, Oh, this is, He's married. He was networking with me. Or maybe, like, who the fuck knows? Like, you never know what people's intentions mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So then it just turns into this weird guessing game where you have to figure out, like, what someone wants out of you. Nothing is just a normal conversation. It's all very exhausting. Mm. It's just hard. How would mm. you guys like to be approached by a stranger at a bar? I'm curious. The difference uh, between your guys' answers. I don't. I don't entirely know. Um, I, over the course of Los Angeles, my self-consciousness about myself has skyrocketed, um, uh, at least in terms of like. Great. <laughs> That's great news. But like. <laughs> we can close the podcast. Yeah. Like, I, so in terms of the flip side of it, it's like. I never really go when I first came to LA I would interact with strangers at a bar like me and maybe two or three friends would be like hey let's go out and we'll have fun we'll grab Mm -hmm. drinks maybe we'll meet people and that never was good it was always like what I quickly came to understand and I never really knew this until LA I never realized how short I'm considered Um, height wise yeah people consider you short oh yeah I'm like a short man. Were you hanging out with the Mavericks? What's going on here? How I, I oftentimes no, feel you're that, just, you're short. Yeah. I oftentimes feel <laughs> I'm like. I'm just being honest. No, it's like I feel like I am a hobbit in the human you're bar. Not, you're not, I know people shorter than you. You're not like the shortest person, but like you're shorter. I'm considered short. Uh, and that is pretty. On a base level, being a short, long haired man is generally, I believe. Uh, Unappealing to people. Oh Interesting. This is gonna be a whole thing. Oh, it, or at least that's what that's what like I've. <laughs> I can whether or not it's correct. Uh-huh. It's what my I've become conditioned. You're not to a Ryan Gosling. I've, I've I've become conditioned to be self conscious about my appearance, uh, and so in that sense, I now just don't try to talk to strangers at all. Wow. It's like I just try to interact with the people Because you're worried they see you as a short. Just that it's like, who's this weird, short-haired, long person? Uh Uh-huh. And it's it's not fun to think that way, but I came to ultimately understand that that's just what people see. Um, Not everyone, Mm -hmm. but... But Let's say a stranger came up to you, and you're at the bar, you're ordering Mm -hmm. a drink. Yeah. And you're at idle hour, but not during one of our fun parties that mm-hmm. everyone's invited to. And someone came, someone sat next to you. Doesn't matter. This is not necessarily a romantic thing, but just in terms of a general, what would be like a good first a line? A good first to phrase. To feel safe as a person. Uh, there was one that I kind of, it didn't turn into a conversation, but I was at a friend's birthday party at Davy Wayne's. Uh-huh. Um, and I was wearing... Um, me, Miles, and Kat and Dave uh, from my improv team, we went All future on, guests of the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all went uh, to guest on like a noir improv night. Great. And so I was wearing noir-ish clothes, and then I went to meet up at my friend's birthday party, and at her birthday party, we were all dancing, and some stranger, a girl, she said, hey, I like your style. And I said, thank you. Great. And then we didn't continue our conversation. But the way she said it and the what she said, I appreciated. So non-committal, mm-hmm. positive. And then I and I proceeded to acknowledge and nod and then not say anything else. Great. 
<laughs> because I was like, I, I do not take that as an invitation for, to conversation. Yeah, that's great. So I'm just going to be like, cool, thank you, okay. If it ain't Baroque. So, yeah. So I would say stranger to bar, if someone like is coming to our idle hour parties and it seems like they're there to make friends, say something nice and cool. But for someone who I don't know at all, if someone comes in with like a, a very clear, positive comment, great. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Holland? If you're at the bar and someone just... First of all, I have, I have two questions for Holland. One is, what drink would you hope they would order for you for them to gain your trust? And two is, what's the first thing you'd want to hear them say? What drink would, like, they order? Yeah. I don't think it matters what they're drinking. Ooh, open-minded. Nice. Um, I'm weird about being approached by people, which sounds bad, but it's like I do. Like, I feel like I just kind of, like, have this wall up because sometimes people are just, like annoying but um i think like like just small positive comments like chris was saying are probably like the best way to go about it because it's like if it's anything that seems like obviously aligned well because it's like it's hard because there's i don't know i feel like there's a certain judgment that is gonna go i don't know because it i don't know because i'm already kind of like have this like predisposition pre Disposition Position Or just like You're predisposed I just have this judgment already With if some random person Is coming up to me That I'm usually Going to automatically be Defensive Right Like why are they I'm talking to me not, What's the situation here Which is bad Because then it's like Oh I'm never gonna But it, I don't know Like I'm not It's a hard question to answer Well I guess Because in bar contexts There's like The undertone Of Courting. Well, because yeah. it's usually if I'm out at a bar, I am out at a bar for like a friend's birthday or like for an event. So I'm there with friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like usually someone will come up to me while I'm having a conversation with a friend. And then it turns into like a like it's not like I didn't go there to meet someone. Mm-hmm. Like that's not why I go to bars. Um, so if someone comes up to me and is interrupting a conversation that I'm having, I'm like not super into it but it's like I feel like it's different if it's like a friend of a friend Mm -hmm, because then I'm willing to just kind of like talk and like get to know this new person but if it's just like a random person coming up to me at a bar like I usually don't and like I I don't that's probably like shitty but I feel like there needs to be like some sort of like vetting it's like oh okay you know this person that I know Mm -hmm. it's a danger Will Robinson kind of like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh like there was a guy at a bar that like just kind of joined a conversation that me and a few people were having and we didn't know him and he wasn't mm-hmm. vetted. Uh, he just kind of like caught a comment and was like, comment on that comment. Yeah. Hey, I'm this guy. Hey, I'm this guy. And then, and then he turned out to be visiting from like Long Island, Bul- like, like, like Bulgaria or something. Oh, okay, cool. So I think that maybe overseas it's a little bit more like comfortable and inviting of a world. When I was in Massachusetts, I, uh, fun story, before I flew to Massachusetts, my glasses got broken. Um, that's a very passive way of saying I broke my glasses mm-hmm. and I could only use my um, prescription sunglasses. So I arrive in Boston at night and I'm just like taking the Charlie train <laughs> like, with my sunglasses like I'm some secret agent or like I'm just or a trying to be the brother. doctor. Or I'm the blues brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so like, I went to this bar to go grab some food and I was exhausted from my flight because it was a cheap flight, which meant I had to go to Texas for a little bit and then somewhere else and then finally to Massachusetts. And uh, I'm sitting there. And I'm ordering my drink, and I'm just like, I'll grab a Manhattan, and the bartender's just like, Manhattan? I'm not going to make the Manhattan, but I'll tell you what, I'll put some whiskey in a glass and put some ice in it. You want that? I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> so she goes and makes the drink, and then comes back, and this this guy comes and sits next to me, and he goes, is that one of the new IDs? And I was like, I'm sorry? He's like, is it one of the new IDs? I was like, no, it's a California ID. He's like, oh, it's a California ID. I was just wondering, because it looked different. I was wondering if it's one of the new ones. Cool, from California, all right. And there was something about just the way that he wasn't expecting anything above and beyond from me and just normal conversation that he didn't feel the need to just fake in the conversation. Where I was like, I'm talking to this guy all night tonight. Well, because there's definitely, and there's been situations too where it's like I'll be at a bar and it's usually like an older guy sitting at a bar who's drunk, Mm -hmm. kind of like there by himself just like drinking, will like make a comment towards me 
And I'll just keep talking to it because I'm like, oh, this is harmless. Because I'm like, it's just an older guy talking to me because I'm just like a girl who's there and he's just talking to everyone who's there. Mm. But it's like clearly like this person is there by themselves and just like trying to talk yeah. to people around them. And in that type of situation, for some reason, that doesn't bother me. Like those are the situations where I end up getting into conversations with people. And then it's like if they get weird, like I'll walk away. But usually yeah. it's fine. Or it's also like people are like looking out for me because they're like, oh, well – you were talking to that guy and he seemed like he was like this weird old man. So like, sorry, you had to deal with that. And I was like, no, he was like, nice. Like he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything weird. Like if he did, I would just walk away. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, cause I know that that's just kind of like a conversational thing. Yeah. I guess that's what, there's something about if someone's not at a bar with a group of friends that already asks one question, <laughs> like, where's all the peeps you're hanging out with. Yeah. And then the other thing is I think people have body language that communicates they're either sitting in this seat and they're not moving from this seat or they're looking to get somewhere else. Like they're willing to stand anywhere. They're trying to project themselves out to you, right? I cannot wait to be that older guy at a bar sitting there with just like a pint of a beer. And from my body language, you can tell I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And if I turn to you and I go, those are sharks colors. You like the sharks? And you're just like, I'm not into this right now. Like, okay, I'm not chasing you. I'm back mm-hmm. to my beer. <laughs> or it's like... No, these aren't sharks. Goes you from San Jose? Yeah, I'm from San Jose. Mm-hmm. And having that conversation, I don't know why I'm just trying to become a I'm someone from Massachusetts when I get older. But actually, kind of that would be pretty great. I it, like. I think it's that like I um. don't like getting into conversations <laughs> with people that expect something from me. Yes. Yeah. And as I'm fine with the conversation aspect of it, I'm not fine with the like awkward part that doesn't always happen but the thing where it's like someone's talking to me and I'm like oh I have to go talk to my friends or like something happens and they're just like or they're like oh do you want to drink or like oh do you want to dance or oh do you want to do this and I'm like oh sorry I'm like waiting for somewhere I'm not really feeling it and they follow up with like oh come on like it's that like once it switches from like a hey do you want to do this thing and I'm like oh, and they're like wait don't do that don't do like once that happens then I'm like okay like this is what you were trying to do the whole time. Like, yeah. Because you don't want to judge people too mm-hmm. early. But then once that happens, you're like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. Concluded, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. will speak for myself. Uh, I like it more when someone is like, okay, no worries. If you want to grab a drink, I'll be over there or something like that. And that's how they, they propose it. Even though, like, I know some of the people might, like, they don't like the soft approach because, like, they want to play what is perceived to be hard to get or whatever even in just like normal conversations i personally liked it a lot rooms well i gotta go walk my buddy to his car and they're like okay well you know i'll be here and if uh if you're if you don't come back no worries but if so uh i will grab you a drink it's like cool sounds good thank you so much for letting me feel like i'm in charge of the situation mm-hmm. versus i personally like that more when someone frames it that way mm-hmm. it's just really shitty when someone reacts that way because like with me is i'll start to feel guilty like no matter because it's like i've even had there's just one guy that uh i he was like working at a movie theater i went to and he like asked me to get drinks and i was like okay, okay. i turned into like drinks at a comedy show and i just like wasn't oh, really no, feeling I'm so it sorry so then i was like <laughs> and then we were at the comedy show and then i just kind of like left and i was like all right bye i have to go and he was like oh what like i don't even get a hug and i was like okay hug, Yikes. bye. and then he sends me like this essay like because i was like i texted oh, no. him right after i was no. like sorry that i kind of bounced i just wasn't really feeling it it was nice meeting you but I, like, I tried. Uh, I gave mm-hmm. it a chance. And then the next day, he sends me, like, this fucking essay where mm-hmm. he's like, I don't think you're the worst. You were fine. What concerns me is, and it's basically just a list of, like, you wouldn't let me touch you. Like, I was trying to, like, put my arm around you at the comedy oh show. Oh, my God. You weren't revealing much about yourself. And I think he was trying to frame it as, like, a what did I did wrong? What did I do wrong? That but he's, like, you, pointing out all wrong? of these things that I did. And I was just, like, I didn't even respond to it because I was, like, I don't owe you a response. No. It was a first date mm. that was supposed to just be drinks that turned into drinks into something else. Like, it was, like, because, and it's, like, I've been on a lot of bad dates. It's, like, if it gets to a point where you're just, like, because I'll, pot, like, plow through the uncomfortable parts to just see if, like, anything is there. But it gets to a point where I'm just, like, this isn't going where. There's I don't want to be yeah. here. I'm leaving. That's the purpose of a date. But mm. then, like, when you leave, it shouldn't be, like, a, oh, you're leaving or, like, oh, you don't want to do this thing. I'm, like, no, like, I want to go home. Like, I'm uncomfortable now. Mm. Like, don't, when you're interacting with someone that you just, whether you're at a date or you're just at the bar, don't act like you've got a cuddle demon that you need to get out of your body into someone else's. Yes. I feel like, can we just use cuddle demon as the term for that sort of behavior? Where it's yeah. just like, you didn't let me touch you. It's just like, oh, that's pretty cuddle demon-y. Yes. 
<laughs> the cuddle demon is because that's that the thing, ST that, demon. The ST demon that these people are because that's totally what that feels person. like, right? Like the the scene at the end where that guy's like falling apart and yeah. running around is. I've seen guys oh. act like that fully cuddle demoning specifically around Comic Con, <laughs> but in general, I've seen that behavior and it's. He's just like, hey, I yeah. like your dress. Yeah, it's just like he's turning into desperation because the demon, which I believe is called Talamore. Yes, Talamore. it is. Talamore, which we learned from Redeemed, the unauthorized guide to Angel, which is written by the same people who do the Dusted book. When we call ourselves a study group, that's not just in name. No. We legitimately <laughs> have books. We have books. <laughs> we study. We don't necessarily always read them, but we have them next to us while we do the podcast. If you're sitting in a library... Are you thinking, wow, I have to read all these books? No, you think, I'm surrounded by all these books. Yeah, that's what exactly. we That's the feel we want to promote in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that reaction is insane and yeah. super cuddle demon-y because it's like, what did you, what do you think is the plan? I mean, it's like an entitlement. Feelings hurt. Yeah. I'm tr- I don't know how much to say per se, but like, I'm not really open to meeting like a lot of people and doing stuff. And I've even gotten. People who are just like, okay, well, fine then. And I'm just like, whoa, I am so sorry. I, uh, I'm i not sorry. That was a crazy reaction you had. Mm-hmm. Like, no, especially not now. Um, and there's something there where people just are more willing to react emotionally than be attractive. Is that a terrible way to put it? Uh no, I think that's a fine. It's an accurate way like, to put it. What's the motivation? I'm obsessed with like moti- like behavioral motivations. What's the motivation? To flip out at the end like that. Like, what is the game there? Like, what's the play? I think it's all incredible self-consciousness that it's, like, wanting wanting to be liked. And mm-hmm. then when you aren't having different reactions, it's like, I if I feel like I'm unliked, I don't turn it outward. I just become very... You depressed about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of, and it conditions your behavior. But I think that you know uh, there are those who believe that they have some form of entitlement when it comes to dating, and if they get rejected, that they then it come it manifests in this like whiny. That's so nuts. Gimme, gimme behavior. Well, because it's hard because it's like I've never, I've never been rejected because I've never put myself out there. In some ways, so it's always undefeated me. since '93. Yeah, '92. So, oh, that was a separate joke I was making. I did not mean to be reminded of how as old a, I am. Thank a, you. As a baby, um, <laughs> as an actual. Except image. I was rejected by my father, but um, psh, um that was which a might lone, have tiny drum set this. you brought into the library just for that. <laughs> No, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how I would react in this situation. Because there, like, there are situations that I, like, wish would have gone a different way. But my reaction is never to, like, attack someone. Would it be And I don't think I ever have. To, right now, for you to use a line on Chris and me separately. And then we come up with our no, own ways to say what? no. But it's all in character. If you don't like this, then I'm going to do it with you guys. Because I'm in love with this concept. All right. Say the line to me. All right. All right. Uh, do you come here often or do you need a guide? Um, I'm all right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> hey, uh, the interior of this place is pretty nice. Why don't we check out the exterior? <laughs> no, thanks. All right. Just awkwardly walk away. I, in that role play, (laughs) was completely comfortable. (laughs) I mean, maybe because I knew that there was going to be a rejection at the end. Mm -hmm. But I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Well, I guess it's the same thing as, like, inviting someone to something and then having them not text you back. But I guess in just, like, real life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A bar, not real life. (laughs) There uh, There are two specific instances where I got mad. I hope that in those cases I didn't direct it at the individual like you were talking about. In both cases, they weren't, they're people that I knew pretty darn well mm-hmm. at that point. Um, without getting too in depth with it, it was like both were different forms of rejection. 
one of them was a years-long off-and-on-again romance that then ended in a very abrupt form. Uh-huh. And then when that happened, I was crushed. See that I was crushed by it, and so I got really upset. Yeah, it it was, but it also kind of wasn't because it was like it was always from a distance, and we had Uh we had many instances that were us, you know, doing date like stuff in real life. Um, But that ultimately, when the question finally became clear of will this become a relationship, and then the answer was a very firm. No, but then also it was like, you know, the person was staying with me and then was like, that's, and then was like, but it was like, it was like one minute was like, I think I would, the reason I got so upset was that I did feel as though I was being sent a confusing signal. And so then it was like, and that it drove me into a place. It didn't like, I, it was never like a, I feel entitled to have something. It was more of a like. I'm emotionally distraught yeah. because of how this is going, and I felt comfortable enough to share. Yeah. Um, and then in the other instance, it was similar, where it was like, this is someone who I've been incredibly open with, mm-hmm. and then when rejection ultimate and, and who was incredibly open with me, and then when rejection ultimately came, and I was like trying to find peace with it, and it was like just tons of just like distance and radio silence. It was maddening to an extent. Well, there's you, know? you hit a pair. I was writing about this last year in um, the Atlantic. Really? Don't look it up. That's a lie. Uh, I was just writing on the red line to myself on a notebook that's in my desk about the idea of like heartbreak and like the madness and paradox of it because you hold someone's opinions very high because you hold this person in very high regard. Mm -hmm. But then if you drop out of their regard, that means that you're honoring their opinion, which would include a low opinion of yourself, Mm -hmm. which then becomes impossible because then you either have to say, I was wrong about this person, which means my opinion was wrong or my feelings were wrong, or I'm right about my feelings for this person, which means that I don't have a lot of value in terms of receiving feelings, which would then mean that my initial hypothesis based on my feelings might be incorrect. It's a long, proofy, gross bit. But that insanity is totally, that's led to that logic of following through of what does this mean, and then what does this mean, then what does this mean. Mm -hmm. What gets me is when people have that reaction when you meet them, and they're just like, oh, well, fine then. I guess I don't need you. And it's like, son, you've never held my hair while I'm vomiting. I don't know you. I don't owe you anything. (laughs) Why are you in my face? (laughs) Freaking out like we we are like been friends for five years. And that's the thing. And I don't get a lot of that, but I see a lot of my friends at bars will have an interaction and someone's just like, well, fine, if you're going to be a douche about it, then I guess I'll buy someone else a drink. And it's just like, you don't know this person. (laughs) But that's the thing, because then if you come back with a, well, I don't know you, they're like, well, you haven't given me the chance to get to know you. So, like, that's, it's... It's very frustrating. And it's also people do it too. And it's it's harder when it's like a situation where it's like someone you know, because I've had to deal with that as well. Mm-hmm. And there's like a good way to handle it. And a, I don't know if there's actually a good way to handle it because both parties or at least one party usually end up getting hurt regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's a thing where you can like, I think uh, caring for someone and being attracted to someone are two totally different things. Yeah. Yes. So it's like there's people that you can care for and also be attracted to. And there's people that you can care for but not be attracted to. And that's where most of the heartache and confusion lies because it's like, because even if you like care for someone a lot and maybe like one of it, it's just like one person will care about the other person in a different way. Yeah. And then you, but it's like also like, yeah, I mean, it, it's shitty because it, it just becomes uncomfortable because there's a way to handle it. That's just yeah. like, Oh, I understand that we, still have this thing, but not this other thing. And then, mm-hmm. but the immediate reaction is usually anger, which is understandable. I feel like we don't also talk about the complexity of human relationships a whole yeah. lot. Like it's like yeah. the, the whole concept of the friend zone is nuts to me because I'm just like, I mean, I can go on about this, yeah. but the idea that like, somebody was like, well, I'm stuck in the friend zone. And I'm just like, you know that you're a bad friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know that you are being a bad friend because you want something and you're expecting something of this person that mm-hmm. they clearly don't want. Yeah. Like, imagine if I was just like one day, Chris, I was like, we can't be friends anymore. And you're like, why? And I was like, cause you're not moving to Arkansas with me. And you're like, I don't want to move to Arkansas. I got nothing to do in Arkansas. I'd be mm-hmm. like, you are putting me in a bad place, Chris. 
because you're preventing me from moving to Arkansas. And you're like, go, go live in Arkansas. I don't care. <laughs> like that to me is like sort of how that falls through. And it's so weird to me when guys are just like, I'm being friend zoned. It's terrible. I'm like, you're terrible mm-hmm. because you're not being honest with your own feelings. And you're also trying to force something that you're forcing a, someone that you consider a quote unquote friend to try to feel a certain way, which is nuts to me. Yeah. I see most people in terms of complexities. I see most people like my cat, Oliver. I think that most people I know are adorable and I love them and I love like being physical and affectionate and hugging. And at the end of the day, I go, great. Now you stay in that room. I'm going to go to my bed and sleep. Please don't wake me up. (laughs) That's my stance on a majority of people I interact with on a regular basis. (laughs) I think that is good. That's a perfect way to describe it. Um, Should we talk about the episode a little bit more before we, I mean, I like this because I feel like it's like we're kind of using our same Buffy format to relate to our lives. Um, but yeah, in terms of how that fits for Angel, mm-hmm. um, Angel, this is kind of, what's interesting about this one is it's like where Buffy and the gang were already by like episode one, kind of a little bit more evenly dispersed in terms right. of who's the focus of the episode. Like obviously she was the lead in this, and Angel still finding its footing. This didn't feel. Like, Cordy and, and Doyle are in the episode, mm-hmm. um, but they're more so just kind of helping along Angel, even less so than perhaps Willow and Xander would at this point. And this feels more like an Angel-Kate uh-huh. episode. Um, and so one thing I was wondering about Kate is, so Kate is, she's trying to find out who the murderer right. is. Um, in that first encounter where she has with Angel, where she asks him if he wants to leave with her. uh uh-huh. Is that her believing that he's the killer in that moment? Or is that is that Kate the investigator or is that I thought that was Kate, Kate the investigator. Okay. Personally. So she already had the suspicion. I didn't think that, it was a misty night situation from Luke Cage. A okay. show that everyone should watch. <laughs> it's on Netflix. <laughs> on Netflix. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I was wondering that for a moment. I was like, is Kate does Kate like Angel? And I was like, I don't think so. And I know that she's definitely Hunting for a I mean, killer. Knowing what I know about her character yeah. from this episode, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that's the case. Yeah. Whereas, like Misty Knight in Luke Cage, I don't. This might this reference might be just echoing into <laughs> into the vast that of people who didn't watch Luke. Cage. I haven't watched Luke Cage yet. It's so good. I haven't guys. watched it yet either. But I also haven't watched Daredevil. Luke Cage was the I first. Know, you can watch, watch Luke Cage without watching Daredevil. Cool. I would say watch Luke Cage first. To be honest. I probably will. I think what happened is I never got through season two of Daredevil, and then I you don't just have to never. Yeah, so I'm just gonna <laughs> or, watch it. You know, do whatever you want. You saw Jessica Jones. I love Jessica Jones. You saw Jessica I Jones. watched most of that. Okay. That that was the Marvel show that I found by far the most. interesting. Jessica Jones is my favorite because I love. She's and she drinks a lot. And David Tennant's in it. These are two things I can relate to. <laughs> I just like want to be Jessica Jones. <laughs> I would say you are very close. Yes. I, I would drink say a lot you're, and wear leather jackets. And you're really strong. Like, you punched Luke Cage into a bus. Yes, I did do that. That was this real. Or did he punch you? No. Okay. I did the punch. I, you would know. You're yeah, Jessica Jones. That was me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sorry. I completely lost track. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Kate was picking up on Angel. Angel. I think that she was investigating. Okay, cool. So like, that was we her. are investigating yeah. Angel, so is Kate. Yeah. Yes, yes, she is. And Angel, man, what an awkward dude. Yeah. That's he's I like got that about terrible game. Oh, it's it's but always it humanizes him. If yeah. he was really it's suave, endearing. It's endearing. I wouldn't like the show a lot mm-hmm. no, as much as I once, do. Because when someone is like suave and like confident and like into it, you're just like, no. Like because I feel like I'm one of those people that just like specifically if someone is like that, it makes me want to not give them that attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're confident in yourself? Oh, you like what you're doing? Well, I'm gonna be the one person that's not into that. My favorite nice. pickup line just for you like guys is walk a- up to someone and then just start crying and go, this was a mistake, and walk away. Boom. <laughs> you planted the seed. Right? That's a good idea, right? Absolutely. Or talk about Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just try not to talk to strangers. Yeah? Yeah. I There was a... <laughs> unless it's like, you know, unless it's like Comic-Con. The, after the Orlando shooting, uh, there was a group of folks in L.A., joyous. Um, who uh, I believe now it's gone national, but joyous. The idea was to take back public spaces and make it safe to feel like you're around strangers. 
was going around Hollywood, and man, it was awesome just being so clear and upfront with people. Just like, I don't, I'm not asking you to sign anything. I just want to say, have a good day. And then just random dudes were just like giving me hugs, and like this one guy like walked past us and like sang a song to us and stuff like that. And this is like in the middle of Hollywood, mm-hmm. where everyone, it's not like New York per se, but like people are just going from one bus to another. They don't want to talk to you, right? And I was just like, this is cool. If there was some way we could bring this back. But I think you have to say the disclaimer of, hey, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to let you know. I hope you yeah, have a good day. Yeah, because when random people come up to me on the street, they're trying to get my number. They're cuddle demons. Cuddle demons. That's like not like CDs. that's always the case, but I feel bad because literally people will come up to me and then I'll realize they're asking for directions. But uh-huh. it's like my first instinct is that if someone's coming up to me, that they're trying to get my number and so I just try and avoid strangers at all costs. Mm-hmm. But then it's bad because then sometimes people are like, oh, is this the bus that goes there? I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. I wasn't trying to be rude. But it's like, it is. It's like I have these this wall. I have this, like, automatic, like, I just assume the worst mm-hmm. at all times. I had to do something in Hollywood at, I had to be there for 8 a.m. for a thing, and I hadn't slept at all that night. Like, literally, I couldn't sleep. And I was in the middle of Hollywood, and I'm walking, and this dude pops out, and he goes like, hey, do you mind if I, uh, do you have any change? And I jumped back. And I was, like, so dazed that it was just, like, a dude just jumped on my peripheral vision, so I jumped back. And he was like, why are you jumping back from me? And I started to walk away. I was like, oh, it's just because I'm tired. And walking away, I stopped. And I was like, maybe it was because of his skin color? <laughs> and then I stood there, and I was like, I want to turn around and be like, but maybe it's because society made me scared of you. But then I was like, this is going to be a crazy yeah. conversation yeah. that I can't have. And then I just... So he saw me stop and turn and look at him and want to say something and then turn around and turn back and then turn back around and then just be like, no, I should just go do this thing. And I've yeah. always thought about that moment. Because it's, wow. it's, it's hard because honestly, sometimes even if you make like eye contact or have that initial interaction, I'm just like afraid of being followed because that yeah. happens too. So it's just like, it's just shitty because I feel like I do. I just have this bad um, I feeling about just strangers in general. Yeah, that's I a legitimate the worst, fear. Or like I'll think of something bad that's happened. I'm like, this could happen again. And we live in a, not like apocalyptic city, but we live in a major city it's where crime occurs. It's not as bad as Angel makes it out to be because. I mean, I think it was worse closer towards then. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was. This is a post-Reagan show? Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, L.A. is L.A. though. Yeah. You know, L.A. Yeah. has. Dangerous folk. Yeah. I mean, I don't walk around downtown by myself at night oh, if I have to go do not. a film thing. I get I, I get a lift. Yeah. And I wait same. inside until my lift is outside. I yeah. not like there's a few times I like had to walk from like E three parties to the train station. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the train station, like someone had like been pushed on the tracks or something like that, and I was like, Nope, I'm calling a car. Yeah. Then it turns out my friend Andy Stebbin was downtown and I just called him and he picked me up. That's and awesome. Caught up. It was great. That's awesome. All right, and that is our emergency doorbell. That means someone opened up the emergency door exit, and, of course, now security's going to come down and look in all the rooms, which means we have to go, because technically we didn't rent this room. Yeah, no, we did not. So really quickly, as we always do, like we did the last time, let's go around and talk about the life lesson we learned about living in L.A. from this episode. Chris, go ahead. Don't talk to strangers at the bar if it's not natural. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Holland? Uh, dating in Los Angeles is impossible, and we're all going to die alone. Great. And uh, my little bit of uh, life lesson that I picked up from this episode is if you've got a cuddle demon in you and your face is falling apart and you really need to sleep with someone, just wait till closing time. Wait till last call. People are a lot more desperate. All right, and that is our wrap-up like of, Dynamite. <laughs> of episode two Lonely Hearts of Angel. Thank you so much for joining us for our ongoing investigations into Angel as we are investigating Angel. We'll be back next week with a completely normal episode. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's do the official sign-off we always do. Chris, where can they find you? Hello, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find me with Robot Teammate, Robot Teammate on Twitter, or on the Geek & Sundry Twitch stream at noon on Mondays. Or you can find me hosting The Gauntlet on Hyper RPG Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Hyper RPG. Awesome. How about you, Holland? Uh, my name's Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. Uh, Instagram is Farkland. And I do videos for Loot Crate over at YouTube.com slash Loot Crate. 
Awesome. I'm Omar. You can also find me at Omar Najam on Twitter. And uh, my improv team performs a whole bunch, multiple times a month. Uh, we have an ongoing show every second Thursday at UCB Sunset. So please drop on by if you're free. If you have a team, please shoot us an email. We would love to have you guys on and host you guys if we can. And you can always check out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast on Twitter, as well as Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook and Instagram. So please check those out. And I'm going to introduce a new segment. It's called uh, Angels Listening. We might change that. <laughs> and if you have anything you want to shout out, because our Angel Investigation Files episodes are so free to do whatever we want, feel free to shoot us a recording. You can email it to us at SunnydaleStudyGroup at Gmail. You can post it on Twitter, send it over that way. If there's any way to do it on Instagram, feel free. We'll grab the audio, throw it into the end. You can do just any shout out you'd like to do uh, that has to do with anything. Um, you can do that to send it over to us and we would be happy to post it in this segment called Angels Listening. God, no, we're changing it. That's so bad, right? That's not great. Like, it has to be... Hark the Herald, Hark, Hark the Herald Angels Listening. Okay, hey, that's in the running? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out by next time, but please... Uh, yeah, if, if you, you have a better name for this out, segment, please tweet at SSG Podcast. We would so. very much appreciate it. Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week. We're returning to Buffy. We'll be back up north in Sunnydale. And we're excited to talk about season four of Buffy. So until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you in Sunnydale. Sunnydale Study Group is a weekly Buffy fan podcast produced by Holland Farkas, Chris Bramante, and Omar Najam. Our music was composed and recorded by Jimmy Scavoni. If you enjoy the podcast, please visit our page on iTunes and leave us a rating and a comment. We'd very much appreciate it. And if you'd like to check out more Sunnydale Study Group related stuff, visit us at SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook, and Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram.